0: And today's Trophy Kids, we got a great episode for you. Recapping college football, we got our top five release for college football, some picks, and the UFC 244 fight this weekend. So let's go! And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is November first, and we have a new champion in the World Series here: the Washington Nationals. Everybody, give them a nice little round of applause. What a great job beating the bums of Houston because you all can't pitch, apparently. Justin Verlander now 0-6, former Tiger. But you got two former Tigers winning the World Series on the other side of that in uh, Sanchez and Treasure. How
1: are you feeling, Tim? Uh, you know, just another anoth- another reminder of those Tigers teams that were good but not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's a way to characterize it. Uh, we don't really give baseball its due on the show because, one, Nobody gives a fuck. Uh, two, <laughs> this is mostly a football podcast, but I will say this. As somebody who has seen their team win World Series, notice how I said multiple there. Series, World Series. Yeah, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is awesome. I get into it around that time. I loosely follow it. Baseball, I feel like it's one of those sports where we all, when we we're younger, we're like diehards into it. At least I know I was, where I could give you any stat about any Red Sox ever up until the age of, like, I don't know, 12 or so. Um, so it is when your team still goes and wins and goes on a tear. It is a nice feeling. So there you go. Props to D.C., my former stomping grounds, as getting a win. Now, if you know, the rest of the the city could hold their own weight, <coughs> Redskins. Uh, they might have something to be <laughs> proudful for, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, and
1: that's yeah, pretty much uh, the response uh, to baseball. Uh, that, and, and that, that was talking play. baseball.
0: Yeah. And that was talking baseball, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to more important things. we got college football this week it is a stinker of a board I hate this board I don't like really anything on this board that's not true I do have things I like but overall I am not a fan of this week's board in the least bit
1: I'm not either it doesn't make any sense it's it's like it's like where they it's it's like where they dangle the treat out in front of in front of you and then take it away and then next week it comes back yeah. this is like that week where they take it away from you because there's no real good games on
0: one there's no real good games. Two, some of these lines make zero sense to me. Like, it's one of those yes. situations where my brain is literally like, what do I not understand that Vegas clearly understands or was the guy who made guy or girl who making this on acid at the time? Cuz they went
1: to a Halloween party a little too late and they put together <laughs> these lines and they make zero sense. Nate, it sounds like we might have some of the same picks coming later up because some of mine start out with me intending to ask you to talk me out of something.
0: <laughs> that should be good. Well, I am hot right now. I am 10 and 4 since going straight gut. I couldn't buy a win in the first couple of weeks. I am 10 and 4 cents. I'm that hot girl at the bar that you're going to try to sleep with this week and have zero success. Maybe not you because you're a married man now, and maybe not me because I'm also Amen. slightly spoken for. But the reference still plays, everybody.
1: <laughs> All righty. Moving and on. And that's where I think I might have some issues because if you have to think about a game, it's not going to go well. So... Exactly. Pure gut. Pure (laughs) gut. But before we get to that,
0: our top five, because there has been some movement since we last gave a top five, a.k.a. Oklahoma, who I finally gave props to last time we spoke. And then they did the thing that Oklahoma does every year where they're a double-digit favorite and they lose in a game that nobody sees coming. You lost to Kansas State. Kansas State. Way to go, Oklahoma. Way to keep the tradition alive in losing to bum squads when you are double-digit favorites, as you do every single year. It makes, honestly, no sense, but it also makes all the sense in the world.
1: <laughs> it truly is just an Oklahoma thing to do. They have a great year, and they have one slip-up that is shocking. Shocking. Shocks the world. Shocking is a very good word for this
0: because, honestly, this was the year I said it. I think everybody got bit by this bug where we all saw that defense and went, huh, they're, act- they're not great. They're not showstoppers. Like, they're not going to hold you to nothing. But they're going you- to give that Oklahoma off and some-, some space to operate and not have to ha- be breathing down their throats the entire time. Like, they can make a play and a stop here and there. And then, man, as everybody got on the wagon – That wagon fell right over (laughs) another week here and went kaboom in Oklahoma and Norman. I don't know. Right now, obviously, it's still early. There's still a lot of games, which we could really probably touch in some fashion here with our top fives. Oklahoma could still potentially make the playoffs, but they got to root for chaos right now because if there isn't chaos, like true, utter chaos, I don't see a way they make it back into the playoffs, even if they went out because they don't have... A signature win. Who's their signature win? Texas? Texas isn't any good anymore. Like, that's not a signature win. They got nobody right. coming up. Baylor,
1: maybe. <laughs> like, And maybe, because Baylor hasn't beat anybody yet. Exactly. So Oklahoma would be Baylor's signature win.
0: So you are literally rooting for absolute pure chaos in the SEC and the Big Ten. And in the Pac-12, because I think right now, Oregon, I said this weeks ago. That Oregon was going to make the playoffs. Because I said, they went out and they did the thing the committee always asked teams to do go out and play tough games. They went out and they, because they don't have a very good conference, and they played Auburn at essentially an Auburn home game. It was on the East Coast. It was closer to Auburn, way closer to Auburn than it was to Oregon. And they did lose, but it was a very competitive game. And since then, they've been winning games. So if they went out in the Pac 12 and there isn't chaos, in and in the stars align, I think they are probably in. But there is also some scenarios, which I'll get a little bit more into with in my top five, which I think we should just jump right into our top fives at this point. Here's something I also realized, Tim. If I put you in my top five, you are probably cursed. Because <laughs> there have been a lot of teams. In my, since my first, first dropping of the top five, there have been only three teams to stay in, and there have been a variation of, like, eight separate teams. So it is not a good winning percentage. And that is with my, with my top five pick. I put in Clemson at number five. I hope you all lose. So that is my top, my number five. Bottom of the barrel, Clemson, you all still stink. Yeah, you've been beaten up on teams like you should have been, but you still have that ugly close game against UNC. I have zero faith in you right now. You are starting to bully ball some teams, which does do you better. But, one, I don't like Dabo. Two, I don't really like the Clemson program all that much. And three, they played horrible against UNC. I'm still penalizing them, but I'm putting them in number five, hoping my curse reigns through, and they lose a game here by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, um, Clemson for me, they've looked a little bit better as of late. Um, They're They're, starting to get things clicking. I think Trevor Lawrence might be falling out of his sophomore slump. Um, So with that being said, they're not my number five team. I'm going to go with Penn State here. Um, They... They have and they have not proved as much as they should have. Um, they're undefeated. They whooped up on a sorry Michigan State team that I no longer enjoy rooting for anymore. Um, and so, with that being said, they're, they they look like the number five team in the country. If they were to win out, they would be in the college football playoff. They would have had to beat Ohio State. Um, but with that being said, they're my number five.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the, the top... Top 25 this week, I think, got pretty spot on. I'd probably flip Oregon and Florida for seven and six. Um, I think Oregon's a okay. better football team than Florida. But outside of that, I got Penn State at four. And it's around the same logic. I picked Penn State a couple weeks ago. I said they are the team that if anybody's going to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten, I think it's going to be Penn State because they're athletic enough defensively to keep up with their athletes and keep them in that magic number of about 21 to 27 point range. If you keep them there... They're very beatable. I think they also have some playmakers on offense to maybe do some damage. I don't really. I don't. That's not me saying they are definitely going to win the game, but I think they're the only team right now that could create some chaos, beat Ohio State, and if they beat Ohio State, then they're getting in the pac or the pack tough. The Big Ten's getting their champion in, unless mm-hmm. Ohio State somehow drops two games, which Michigan and this is something I reason I put Penn State number four is they beat a Michigan team that's looking a lot better and a Michigan team that seems to have turned the corner mid-game in the Penn State game to project them to a better football team. Now, I don't know fully what they are yet because they played Notre Dame in a monsoon and Brian Kelly's brain is apparently broken and decided to throw the ball all the time. But if Michigan still continues to play good football like they did in that second half of the Penn State game, then in the Notre Dame game, that one becomes more impressive and there's maybe... I'm saying on the very small chance, I'm giving it like a .01% chance that they beat Ohio State. (laughs) That's only because it's football, and I don't know who could get hurt from now until then. But if Penn State can win out, I think they're the number four team. I like them at four.
1: I put them at five simply because I didn't want to put two uh, Big Ten teams up in the top four. That's fair. Um, And that's really – honestly the only reason they're my number five team um because i have clemson as my number four team my my top five is really boring this week it mirrors the ap25 i don't think they got anything wrong with this top five um with uh, as far as Penn State being a quote-unquote good Michigan team, I don't know that I'm as sold on Michigan. I'm, I'm a little bit more down on Notre Dame simply because they couldn't stop the run. Um, yeah, that was rough. Uh, I still don't <laughs> think Michigan can beat a team if they can stop the run because Shea Patterson was 6-12 of 12 in that game yeah. for like 100 yards max. So
0: To be fair, he's playing in a hurricane, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, not a legit but,
1: one, but essentially. <laughs> but Right, but... I mean, <clears throat> thinking that, that the only thing they got is their running game, they really still don't have a passing game, um, which is crazy to think of with all of their wide receivers that they have in Michigan. But it is what it is. Um and with that being said, Clemson's my number four team. Like I said to you earlier, I think they're starting to click. I think Trevor Lawrence is starting to get back into that groove, and I think he's starting to move the football efficiently and and well now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Clemson's clobbering teams now. Like they are, they are imposing their physical well or being. It might have been a sleeping giant that's been woken up type of deal. Like it, it could be one of those situations where Trevor Lawrence was having kind of a sophomore slump, little hangover. And he's kind of woken up from his stupor, and that's kind of made the Clemson offense go. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. The, I think the AP got it pretty right. The order of them I don't think is great. I still have Ohio State at number two, which means I have Alabama at three. Alabama is still the position. Now, Tua is out, so I'm not getting as great a look. But something for me, like I said, I can't I can't pinpoint it. People are going to think I'm crazy, but they just they seem a step off. They seem... Different, Like, it doesn't seem like the well-oiled machine that LSU and Ohio State are right now. Even though mm-hmm. you look at those scores, you look at the game, you're going, what are you talking about? And it's just, my eyes, my football eyes are telling me there's something, something's wrong there. They're off by a step where I feel like Alabama, or LSU and Ohio State are just fucking motoring. And they look so good. Yeah, LSU did not play great last week in that pick I took, but... I still love LSU at number one just because of what they've done and who they've beaten, and I really love Ohio State at number two right now, and I like Alabama at three. Outside of that, like we said, I think I think the AP got it did it did it right, and it's nothing's changed in my top three from to <coughs> what I said the last couple weeks essentially.
1: Right now that you say that, I, I don't want to flip flop from my past weeks of always keeping Ohio State at number one, so I'm going to flip flop now. And <laughs> <coughs> And keep Ohio State at number one, LSU at two, and then Bama down at three. That's sad. um Just because that's, I've, uh, there's nothing that has shown me that Ohio State should not be the number one team um, since I've put them at the number one team in the country. So once they're there, they have to do something that proves that they're not the number one team in the country, basically.
0: Yeah, and I mean we're going to get answers to this real quick because LSU and <laughs> Alabama is next week, and that's first of all. Joe's potential Heisman moment there if he can beat Alabama, but my theory of are they they seem a little off? That's going to be put to the test next week in Ohio State. They've got some tough games coming up. They don't play Penn State for a little bit, but we can see if there's any kind of weaknesses there. We're not going to get them in the next two weeks because they play Maryland and Rutgers, but then they <laughs> play Penn State and then they play Michigan. So those are two te- two back to back games where we'll see. We're going to get our answers here very quickly. We're not going to get them this week, though, and the board is a bit of a disaster. Um, So let's get right into that because there aren't too many great games. I'm starting with the best game on the board, Georgia-Florida. The number is six. That is a big number for this game. You know me. I'm a Georgia Bulldog as far as what I like to see. Georgia has not had the explosiveness that I thought they would eventually have. They have very young wide receivers right now. There has not been that explosive pass game. Jake Fromm, for all the haters out there, hasn't played all that bad. Yeah, if you look at the box score and you see the picks, you go, wow, it's a good amount of picks. But when you actually watch it, the vast majority of those are not his fault. There's a couple where his wide receivers are running the wrong route completely. There's one where one just goes right through his wide receiver's hands. So not all of them are. He's still playing well. It's an inexperienced group. They are relying on the run. This game, the under very much could be in play at 45 because um, I don't. neither one of these are powerhouse offenses. With all that said, I do think this is a touchdown game. And because I think it's a touchdown game, I'm going with Georgia as the favorite. I love Georgia. There's a good chance it could be a lot closer, but I just think Florida – Sort of like Louisville basketball last year, they give up the game late. <laughs> like they could be leading, they could be playing well, and then they give up the game late. I think they're going to give up the game late here, and it's going to be about a touchdown score. That's what my gut's telling me. Right there, pure gut.
1: Eric, right, I'm going. That's going with on your now. gut, yeah, because I think we have a classic bet off here. Oh, I love um, one of these. <laughs> as 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 people that have that have heard this podcast before know that I love the home underdogs. <laughs> they're usually
0: good they are usually good i'll give you that
1: and this one's a home underdog facing uh just a i mean a Georgia team that lacks the explosiveness they lack the they, and not like in the players they lack the, the like step on your throat and end the game type of uh yeah. type of type of a team they don't have the we're gonna we're up, we're going to finish you guys off, we're going to beat you by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. They look like they just kind of hang around and they hope that their talent can out, out, outplay you and outscore you. Um, with that being said, that's why I'm taking Florida.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. I just I have little faith in Florida. I have little faith in them to close out the game. I have more faith in Georgia. I think Jake, Jake, Jake Fromm comes out this week. Plays not only better, but kind of goes, hey, this is my statement game because i got to get back on track. Now, that's going to be relying on those inexperienced wide receivers to get some separation, but I think it will be there. So we'll see. As well as Florida is vulnerable in the run game. We've seen them have some run game issues. Georgia is a very good run team. I'm still going with my Georgia Bulldogs. You're not talking me out of that. My next game, though, this pick I feel very good in. Oregon, USC. The numbers five, the over-under 62, give me those Oregon Ducks. All day, Mm-mm. every day. I have not been consistently right with Oregon because <laughs> I did <laughs> I did miss last week with them, but I USC is so banged up, I don't think it's going to be as close as they're making it here. I know Oregon hasn't been that kind of flashy Oregon offense that we're so accustomed to. They're a different Oregon team this year. They play good defense. They play – Hit or miss offense where sometimes it looks super explosive, sometimes it doesn't. But I just have zero faith in USC. I've watched them play. They're super banged up. They were really good at the beginning of the season, but I think the reality is starting to sink in. Clay's going to get fired this year most likely, which is unfortunate because they were going in the right direction before their, all their injuries. Um, and I just think the writing's on the roll. I think they see that. I think Oregon, with Oklahoma falling last week, has even more incentive to go, okay, now we got to go really balls to the wall blow the doors off some teams like a USC to give us a little prowess. So I like Oregon here at the
1: five. I don't hate that pick either. Um, But this is the one that I'm going to need you to talk me out of, Nate. (laughs) I scrolled down the board and I saw Virginia Tech plus 17.5 at Notre Dame. What am I missing here? (sighs) Everything in my body, everything that you've, you personally have ever told me was to never bet on Virginia Tech. I you know. You hate the team. You think they're horrible. You think they're worthless. But they're not that worthless. Dick, Notre Dame looks to be worthless.
0: I know. I am with you on that. Here's the problem. They can't play a lick of defense. UNC put up 41 on them. Miami put up 35 on them. Let that sink in, 35. Um, They still end up winning that game, but they still let up 35 points. Um, So I'm with you. I hate Tech. I saw that number, and I was like, what the heck? I think that number is big. I bet the number more than the team on this one and I would bet Virginia Tech probably. I hate Virginia Tech. Also, they scheduled Bama in, like, 2035, 2034. <laughs> Guys, you, you got to really step up your game if you think that's going to – I mean, hopefully Nick Saban's probably not coaching by then, but, oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm with you, dude. I saw that number, too. It jumped off the page at me because, I mean, the Notre Dame team I saw, they can't play defense either.
1: Um, so, yeah, I feel- I love this number. This – You've just talked me into this being my lock of the week. I was hoping you'd be able to talk me out of this game because of your hate for Virginia Tech. Yeah. But this is my lock of the week. I, I don't see how Notre Dame beats them by 17 and a half. I started scrolling through their schedule and seeing, like, is this going to be a big bounce-back game for Notre Dame or are they just kind of dead and they're going to lay down because they don't really like Brian Kelly anymore? And it seems to me what I talked myself into was that they don't really like Brian Kelly anymore, and they're going to lay down rather than uh, this is a bounce-back game.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think I think this game is like a shootout almost where, like, I like the over at 58 on this one um, because I, Virginia Tech can't play defense, but they can play offense. Like, they do have offensive prowess there. That's why I like this number is because I think they're going to score mm-hmm. on this Notre Dame defense. And so I like that number being that big. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I like that. I didn't put it on my, my card. And I didn't put it on my my picks. I'm going to send out, but I saw the over. I'm going to I was going to send out, but I do like the 17. I'm with you on that. I think that's. A I good. love the
1: 17 and yeah. a half.
0: I think that's a good. I think that's a good number for a team. I think that game's going to be just a bunch of offense, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, then I think there's yeah. I like that number. Um, here's a game I like because we were just talking about this. I'm staying in Pac-12 country. Utah versus Washington. Washington's a home underdog at three and a half. That seems crazy. I know Utah has a big front on offense and they can kind of have their way with them, but like Washington isn't some pushover on defense. Like, that's what Utah's been why Utah's been able to win so many games is because they can just bully ball you on offense. Like, Washington has some some dudes up front in the trenches that can make that a, a battle, as well as it's at Washington. That's a tough environment. Like, they get up for games in Washington, even though they're not having a great season. They still get up for those. Chris Patterson is a great coach. Um, so I kind of like them at plus three and a half. I think that's crazy, uh, that they are the, that big of an underdog right now. I'd put that more in line with like, like more of almost a pick them, like a one and a half type number.
1: Okay. Yeah, that number surprised me because, I mean, it surprised me for the other reason. It surprised me scrolling down, seeing Utah, the number nine team in the country, and playing a Washington team, and Utah's only favored by three points. That part didn't make sense to me, but now that you laid it all out there, it makes perfect sense to me.
0: Yeah, I just, I think a home dog in the Pac-12 like Washington, who has a good actual home field advantage and who does not get pushed around, um, is going to be be able to hold their own against utah i've seen utah play a couple times and like they're that's what they do they just play bully ball on the offensive line but like washington isn't gonna get pushed around plus i'm sure Fair the enough, weather yeah, will be their crappy is really good <laughs> so i'm sure well. the weather will be super crappy that's gonna lay into it too like i kind of like washington here and they beat them uh, yeah. I think, like the last two years too so there's there's something there
1: <laughs> i don't hate that at all um i needed to be talked into that like i said a lot of these spreads needed to be explained to me because they don't make any sense sometimes I'm with you. um i think they're just screwing with our heads trying to make trying to make this week interesting maybe uh vegas is screwing with our heads just like the schedulers just to try and get us back into it for next week
0: party a little too hard over the holiday mm-hmm. weekend or the halloween weekend last weekend mm-hmm. when they started setting these lines i think
1: exactly yep so with my last pick of the week i i didn't have an over under this week um I'm going with another line that didn't make sense to me at all. SMU plus six at Memphis. Mm. Um, I do still like the SMU team. Yeah. And they're getting six points. I mean, I know I liked home dogs, but this game just doesn't make sense to me. They they have Shane Bouchelle at SMU, and they're plus six. I, they're undefeated. I, I just don't understand it really.
0: Yeah. I mean, their defense isn't great recently but i'm with you i mean i kind of like the over here it's 71 and a half but that's also a game where it's like it's a lot of points but these are two teams that have been known to put up some offense but i'm with you I, I stayed away from it in the game entirely but i get the logic there there was one so there's one game i'll get to in a moment that i'm leaving off my four picks to give out officially i'm still debating it in my head but the one i am putting out there northwestern indiana it's minus 11 for indiana northwestern can't play offense like, they are, they are the worst offensive team I think I've ever seen. They're averaging, like, 10 points a game right now. Like, I know Indiana isn't something, like, crazy, but, like, that seems insane. Northwestern sucks on offense. I honestly don't know how you're that bad at offense in today's a A&H. and Like, it is atrocious what is going up there at Northwestern. It makes zero sense on how bad they are. So, yeah, 11 points seems low to me because I just don't think they can score. Like they might, they might score a touchdown in this game. Maybe
1: <laughs> that's another Dude, one that, I like too. I just I couldn't understand it. I I, I it, it's tough to put your faith into Indiana. Yeah. From all historical facts that you've watched, um, but Northwestern's terrible.
0: They are so terrible. Is that's an insult to the world? Terrible. They are so bad like it is a disaster up there right now um so yeah i like indiana who has been able to put up points hell i know michigan state isn't very good right now but they put up 31 against you like hey. they put up 38 against nebraska like i think they're going to be able to score some points here and i don't think northwestern is going to score anything
1: yeah i agree yeah i i like indiana they they can definitely put up some points they have a quarterback they have they have an offense yeah so, so i don't hate that pick at all
0: that's my those are my four <laughs>
1: It might get added to my board. you never know.
0: There we go. I got one here for you. I think you've only given three, so if you've got a fourth, let me know. But, I don't. All right, well, this game, this game I'm contemplating. Keep your eyes out for the social media people. I might tweet it out. I may not I have not made up my mind. Michigan versus Maryland, 21 and a half. The number's big because I don't know what we're going to get from Michigan, but Maryland sticks. They're a dumpster fire right now. We got so bought into them at the beginning of the season with what they were doing offensively, but they are an absolute dumpster fire right now.
1: This one put my head in a real pretzel as Michigan loves to do because I thought of a classic oh Michigan starting to... Michigan beats up on bad teams. Yeah. And every time I think that that and finally bet on them, that's the week that they struggle against a bad team and it only happens every once in a while. It's happened in the pa- the pa- for the past like 3 years where I- I think they're just going to blow out a team because they're hitting their stride and then all of a sudden they struggle against a bad team for no reason, probably because of a look-ahead game. So that's the only thing I can think of here is that they might have a look-ahead game. I didn't really look at their schedule before this. Um, I just kind of stayed away from it. because They got
0: Michigan State next week and then they got Indiana and Ohio State after
1: that. So Michigan State, I would have said, was a look-ahead game up until this week when Joe Bocci <laughs> got declared out, and they just looked like a dumpster fire against Penn State. They looked like the program's in shambles, and it's just over. Um, yeah, it's
0: a rough look-up Michigan State right now.
1: Uh, it's terrible. I don't, I don't even know what I should do anymore. That was also um, the easiest
0: bet of my life, Penn State, last weekend.
1: Yeah, was, I hated you for it. That was but, the uh, lock of the week. I understood it. It was one that I could not do and did not want to come even close to because I was still unsure at that point if Michigan State was a team that that could randomly pull something off like D'Antonio always used to do. It turns out he's not a good coach anymore.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of those who are brain broken right now (laughs) in both college and the NFL. We talked about Matt Nagy on Tuesday being brain broken. Jim Hardball's up there getting up there with just brain is broken after what Ohio State's done to him the last couple of years. D'Antonio might be be headed that route.
1: I thought Jim Harbaugh was more brainbroken than Mark D'Antonio at the beginning of this season. Now, I don't think so anymore. Mark D'Antonio is way more brainbroken than Jim Harbaugh right now.
0: All right, that's fair. It's I, bad. I, I, I think I'm going to keep my eye out for that game, though. I might, might tweet it out. We're, I'm, not, I'm not sold yet, but the gut, the gut is processing right now. It's digesting
1: <laughs> the meal, and it's figuring out what it wants to do right now. Yeah, we'll let the gut go for that pick because yeah. I have no idea. It's got my brain in a pretzel right now.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not betting my brain anymore because that thing has failed me miserably. <laughs> that might be the, that might be broken up there in the John Havreau area real <laughs> bad with what has happened earlier this season. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up?
1: I don't really have any final thoughts other than I hope this is Mark D'Antonio's final season. That's um, rough. That's as a Michigan State fan. I loved him. I think they should still put a statue up of him. Um, But I'd rather not see him go down as one of the worst coaches, uh, one of the worst coaches over five years in Michigan State history because since 2016, it's been a rough, rough look.
0: Fair. I mean, every coach has their day, so it could be that (laughs) time. Um, My final thought this week, moving away from football, UFC 244, it's going to be a great show this weekend. I am so excited for this fight card. We got George Maslodal, Jorge Maslodal, sorry, <laughs> going against Nate Diaz. I haven't been this excited for a fight in a very long time. Been a fight fan most of my life. Somehow, I got away with watching that when I was younger. I grew up in a very strict <laughs> household, and somehow that one just like flew right over my parents' head. They were like, yeah, sure, you want to order this? Why not? Like They probably thought it was like fake wrestling or something. Meanwhile, I've seen dudes get their front teeth knocked out and just blood splattered everywhere. But, hey, whatever. <laughs> it's a great Great card. I like Till in, the fir- in that first fight uh, before Nate Diaz. Not the first fight of the night, but before that. And then I'm not picking one in the final card, the fight there. Nate Diaz, Jorge Maslodal. It's going to be awesome. These are two dudes that just say, fuck it, line them up. We'll knock them down. Hasn't always gone their way. The records aren't some insaneness, but they don't pick and choose their fights. They're not kind of fair weather fighters. These dudes believe in it. They want to fight. <laughs> They're awesome. I cannot wait for this card. So if you're somebody who wants to get into the UFC or maybe has an interest in it, buy this fight card. One, top to bottom, it's a good one. It's a strong card through and through. But those top billing, oh, those are going to be some great fights this weekend. So looking forward to that.
1: Who's the, who's the heavyweight that's fighting towards the end? Crazy guy. Towards the end? What do
0: you mean? On this card? Yeah. Oh, Derek, well, they're not towards the end, but Derek Lewis is on this card at heavyweight. He's like the second fight. Derek Lewis,
1: did you hear hear him on Barstool Breakfast at all? No. Uh, One of the hosts on Barstool Breakfast asked him what he was going to do to win this fight, and he said he was going to punch his opponent right in that booty hole that he has for a chest, that caved-in chest that he's got (laughs) because he got stabbed when he was younger. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, that sounds like Derek Lewis. I don't. I didn't hear the interview, but that sounds like him. he's the same dude. He is who, crazy. After a fight, Joe Rogan asked him why he took his ball, his uh, pants off, and he was like, "My balls are hot."
1: <laughs> yep, that same guy. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yeah, he's on the card.
0: Derek Lewis is awesome. <laughs> the Kevin Lee uh, George uh, Glipsy fight. That's going to be an awesome fight. Like there are some really good fights top to bottom here. So definitely a card worth buying. And Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz. Oh, I cannot wait. Ho- because you don't follow the UFC all that closely, no. Jorge Masvidal grew up in the Kimbo Slice backyard fighting. Like that's where he's oh, from. It. And then Nate, from the, Nate Diaz is from the streets of Stockton, where he was just fighting to survive. His brother is a UFC legend. Like these two dudes just love to scrap. They don't give a fuck who you are. They're not in it. Like everybody's in it somewhat for the money and the fame. But these two dudes are really about it. And I cannot wait. It speaks for like the fight just speaks for itself. They didn't really have to do much promotion for it. So it is going to be awesome.
1: Sounds like a blast.
0: Yep. That's all I got for this week. As always, peace. Peace.